Well, have you ever wondered how a pet psychic communicates with animals? Fear not. We are going to look for an answer to that question because joining me on the line to talk more about this is Nikki Vascones, an animal communicator and teacher. Nikki, thank you so much for taking some time today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. It's just such an interesting field. Before we get into what exactly you do, how did you get into becoming somebody who communicates with animals? It's not something that I always even knew was possible. I used to be a full-time attorney, and I learned through a local massage therapist that animal communication was possible. So I just started reading books on the matter and then doing practice sessions with friends and families' animals and getting very specific messages about the animal and their humans that I would have had no way of knowing. And that's how it all started. Do you have to have kind of a a gift or a calling for it? Like you said, you were were getting these messages. Is it something that you can learn or do you have to kind of possess that power? It's absolutely something that every single human can learn to do. I actually have an online animal communicator academy and I teach people all over the world how to do it when they never even knew that this existed. I didn't have any experiences doing this as a child. I didn't know when grandma was sick. And it's something at 28 years old that I realized people could do and just started practicing. I understand, too, that uh, this got a lot of attention when a video featuring your session with a dog named Albie uh, went viral. What happened in that session that caught people that, that got all of the attention? It was so interesting. So I asked Albie if there was anything that he didn't like about his home or his life or something that we could change. And he said that he did not like his nickname. And I didn't know what it was. He didn't tell me. But he said it could be associated with him being overweight. Now, before everyone freaks out and thinks I'm putting human constructs of weight on animals, that's not the case. But in this specific situation, Albie didn't like his nickname. And I later found out that his nickname was Big Al, but only because he was a big breed dog. So for whatever reason, this specific dog didn't appreciate that nickname So the humans changed his nickname and they noticed a massive difference in his personality and how happy he was just by changing the nickname. Hmm. And how do you know what the message is? How do you know what the the animals are trying to communicate to you? The messages come through in, in a variety of ways. So sometimes it's a sudden thought implanted in my brain. For example, I might all of a sudden have this thought, I'm really excited to go to the mountain house this weekend. That's obvious. I don't have a mountain house. That's obviously not my thought. Or it might be an image in my mind. All of a sudden, I see a picture of something that I've never seen before. I might feel an ache or a pain in my body where they have a pain. Or a lot of times, it's just a sudden knowing. All of a sudden, I just know something. And there's no, I don't know why or how I do, I just do. So that's how the telepathic messages come through. Is it possible, though, that there would be people in this industry that, because people do pay a lot for this service, is it open to people scamming and and trying to, maybe if people don't have, aren't actually getting those messages, but trying to take advantage of people? Unfortunately, I think that is a reality in every profession. So certainly it can apply to the animal communicator world. And what I advise people is that when you're seeking out an animal communicator, if they ask you a bunch of specific questions about your animal and their life before they do the session, run away. I want to know as little as possible. All I want is their name, gender, 
and whether they're living or in spirit. That's it. Everything else will come through naturally. But if you're telling me all about your life and your animal's life, you can just fill in the blanks from that. So that's what you want to look out for. And do you do these sessions in person with the animals or can you do them, uh, say, on Zoom or on the phone? I actually do all of my sessions remotely because my clients are all over the world and I just do it through a picture. I can do it through Zoom. I have done it in person, but the majority of my sessions are just through a photograph. And, and are there certain animals that you get a more clearer sense of, say, dogs versus cats? Or, or, or is it any animal that somebody, if they want to, to, to learn more or they want you to communicate, to, that you can do it? It's any animal. They all connect through just the same. I've talked to, of course, the dogs, cats, horses, but also camels, pigs, donkeys, cows, turtles, a bearded dragon, they all come through just the same. It doesn't matter whether they're 10 years old, one year old. It's the same, same conversation, same length. Of course, some animals are more chatty than others, just like some humans are more chatty than others. But the communications happen just the same. What kind of information are people looking for? What, what do you get asked to find out from animals the most? The three most common things people want to know is, one, if there's a health issue going on, if their animal has any insight on that, like do they know why they're throwing up or what's going on? Another common situation is a behavioral issue or separation anxiety. How can we help that? And then the third most common reason, honestly, is just how overall can I improve my pet's life? What do they need? What do they want? What don't they like? Interesting. And when you say that you get, like you said, you might get a thought of, I want to go to the mountain house or I want to do something. And it's clearly not your thought because you don't have one. Mm -hmm. Do you hear it in your voice or, or do different animals come through in different voices? For me personally, all of the messages are in my voice akin to if I was reading a book silently to myself. So I don't hear accents or tones. I, of course, will get a sense of their personality, like if an animal is maybe talking really fast or they're very slow and chill, but it's all in my voice. How many of these sessions would you do? Would you do more than one a day or how busy are you? No, right now I just do one a day. In the beginning, I did two or three when my sessions weren't as long, but this is very energetically tiring. It's not something that I can do all day long. So a lot of people are thinking, you know, I'm talking to eight, nine animals a day. That's just not the case. So I, my sweet spot is one. I can do two, but I prefer just one session a day. And how long does the session last? About 90 minutes, 75 to 90 minutes. Hmm. That, I could see how that would be taxing if you're spending that time. And I would imagine in that scenario, too, you have to be really focused. Oh, definitely. You're very focused. You're sitting still. I mean, for me, I'm sitting still in a chair, not moving with my eyes shut. So just sitting for three hours straight, three and a half hours straight is, is a lot when you're not moving at all, which is why I tend to just gravitate towards one session a day. Right. And, and do you have a preference on what animals you like to communicate with the most? No, it's all so fun. I was just in Thailand volunteering at an elephant sanctuary and I communicated with elephants for the second time, which was awesome. But I love connecting with all of the animals because they all have different and unique personalities. Are the owners generally satisfied with what you tell them? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, you know, there are a handful that, that aren't and th then they get refunded. You know, no one's perfect, but majority of the time it's, it's very fun. They love it. It helps 
strengthen the already strong bond that people have with their animals. And it's just a lot of fun. I, I guess so. But I would imagine it can also be pretty serious if people are, are looking to find, say, a medical problem with their pet or they want to know if their pet mm-hmm. is elderly and they want to know the best way to, to kind of deal with that. Yeah. And, you know, that comes through a lot. And it's it's great because you get clarity on something that you're unsure about. I talked to a cat one time and he was very sick and no one could figure out was go- what was going on. And right when I connected with him, my bottom right jaw started aching. And he was pointing me specifically to this one tooth. And it turns out that tooth was abscessed. And they pulled the tooth, he got some medicine, and then he was back to his normal self. So sometimes it's, it's just phenomenal what the animals can share and how much quickly we, how much more quickly we can get to the solution sometimes. And when you say you talked to the cat, do you have conversations that go back and forth or is it one way? It's very much a two-way dialogue. So I will ask a question, they will respond. Maybe I don't understand what they're showing me, so I'll ask for clarification. But of course, sometimes I ask a question, they don't want to answer that question, they say something else. So it very much is a dialogue, basically like you and I are communicating right now. All right. Well, what an interesting, interesting field of work. Nikki, we'll leave it there for this morning, but thanks so much for sharing this with us today. Of course. Thank you so much, Jill. Have a great day.